Hey there, it's Ron. Our next live shows will take place on Tuesday, May 8th at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego and Wednesday, May 16th at Bumport Theater in Denver. The theme will be Rocking the Boat. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. Today's story comes from Adrian Hogin, an actor and educator who is currently in his 25th year of teaching high school mathematics, which is a truly superhuman feat. This story was recorded live on February 21st, 2018 in Denver, Colorado. The theme of the evening was Warning Signs. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I am a, the math coordinator at a uh, suburban high school in Aurora, Colorado uh, that I'm very proud of. My daughter is a freshman there. Uh, I teach uh, calculus. I teach AP calculus and IB calculus. Um, and I'm just a little bit bitter because I thought that when a Latino got to teach calculus, they made a movie. <laughs> um, but uh, apparently, uh, that's not the case. I, I, I wanted to be clear that when you teach high school, it is not about looking for warning signs because it's all warning signs all the time. <laughs> the mascot of every high school in America could just be a warning sign. It is a old highway of Burma shave warning signs, one after the other. Um, and um, when civilians, when non-educators ask me like, <laughs> do you ever like, what's the... Who's the craziest kid you ever had? What was the weirdest experience? And I like, I tell them this story, um, the, the story of Isaac. And uh, I, need to, to, uh, I need to be um, upfront. I don't know how the story ends because the last day that I ever experienced with Isaac, um, he was heading off to Burger King for lunch and he uh, ended up assaulting a bunch of people and getting arrested. And in that final transfer from the educational system to the criminal justice system, he did not slip through the cracks so much as get swallowed by them whole. I started my educational career 25 years ago in a program for kids identified uh, as at risk in a very rough school in a blue-collar neighborhood in North Denver that I am very proud of and very protective of because those kids taught me to be a teacher. They taught me about grit and tenacity. Those kids were terrifying and wonderful, and they were pain in the asses, and they brought me joy, and it was uh, a, a, a blessing to be able to serve in that community when I did. In our program, we would take 40 kids, 20 kids the first year. Um, they had had to do something. This was their last-ditch effort before they were um, um, going to be just given up on forever um, to get uh, a, a diploma in a, um, in a regular high school. Um, and uh, most, of our, most of my kids were poor. They were kids of color. Um, they were uh, quite a few gang members. Uh, Grape Street Crips, uh, Park Hill uh, Bloods, uh, West Side Ballers, if anybody knows, if anybody's claiming. I don't know. They, um, and um, teen moms. Uh, the parents were interesting. I had... Uh, Letty's dad was one of... The, uh, I don't know what the hierarchy is, the... Poobahs of the Sons of Silence. Um, 
Um, he was the scariest human being that I've ever known. Um, Annalisa would come in and she would uh, come to school about a month late. Her family were migrant farm workers and she didn't start school until the end of the growing season. Um, and then there was uh, Isaac. Uh, Isaac was had been expelled the year before for uh, drug possession and we were trying to integrate him back into the system. Uh, he uh, he was not in a gang because the vato was too crazy. They would not they would not let him in. He was uh, uh, how do I describe it? Uh, officer Blair, our, our resource officer at the school, knew Isaac pretty well. And one of the stories that he told us is one of the first times that he ever arrested Isaac. He was called to this house party because Isaac had gotten a hold of the family cat and was biting chunks of flesh and fur out of the cat. To this day, I'm like, there's not a kid that can, like, what, are you going to scribble turd on the desk? I don't care. Um, (laughs) He, uh, he was quiet and sullen and angry. He didn't talk very much, and when he did, it very rarely made any sense. Um, He was way behind. It took us about a month to build up enough of a relationship and a trust to get to the point where Isaac would interact and try and work with us. Um, We knew he was reading at about a fourth grade level, and so one of the the things that we tried to put in place was um, we talked to Isaac, he said, Isaac, if we got you the audio version of the book, uh, we were in an integrated program, so if you couldn't couldn't work with the text in English class, then you couldn't um, do any of the social studies because they were trying to combine it, and the math that we were doing was kind of integrated all into that. So we got Isaac to agree that if we got the audio version of the book, that he would listen to it, and then he would sit down with the tutors and work through the thinking maps and build his, his notes and, and hopefully be able to complete um, this project. And so we sent away. They were very expensive. This is the early 90s, you have to remember. And so um, the, the uh, audio version came in these 100-minute cassette tapes. Um, and so we... Oh, I still... It's just crazy. Um, so... We, we took uh, and we got Isaac and we sat him down and we got our tape recorder and we put these big industrial 1975 headphones on him and we sat him in the back and we got the tape started and it was the most engaged I'd ever seen him. Um, the regular shenanigans of the classroom didn't distract him like they normally did and he sat there. Um, the, uh, the class... Uh, an hour long, and so at some point we know that he, f- he stopped the tape and he flipped it over, um, and he listened to the other side. And the whole time, he's just like, you have to imagine, this is an hour, and he's sitting there. At the end of class, the bell rings. Um, my, my partner, the English science, co- uh, I was the math science coordinator, the English um, history coordinator came over, and as the kids are shuffling out to go to lunch, we stop uh, Isaac, and Isaac, how, how was he? He's like, thank you, Mr. Olgin, thank you, Ms. Lane, we... We really, uh, it's a good, I was, thank you, I was, I'm going to do my work, I'm going to do good. All right. Um, and he went off to Burger King, and we didn't ever see him again. Um, uh, but we were high-fiving ourselves. At that point in the story, it's like, hey, look at that. Isaac was talking, he strung together a series of cohesive words, um, he was engaged the whole class period, um, we've already, we're going to sit him down, he's going to go um, sit him down, and the other half of the class were like, we can use this, I mean, we paid all this money for this resource, um, we're going to have Annalisa use it. Annalisa, um, her English was pretty good, but her reading level in English was not so good, and so we talked to Annalisa, would you, if you 
we have this tape we spent we used for Isaac. Would you be willing to sit down and listen to it? And she's like, she'd be willing to try and listen to that, and maybe we can get her connected as well. And so when the kids came back, Isaac did not come back. Um, that wasn't completely out of character for him. So while we were concerned, we were not alarmed. Uh, we put Annalisa in the back, and we get her all set up, about to start class. We put the headphones on her, we push play, and she's like, Mister, it's broken. And I'm like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? Well, it turns out that in the early 90s, before Audible, you could not get an entire text on four 100-minute cassette tapes unless the, the audio was compressed in a particular way. And we had bought it from an educational service, and so they're required to play on a special cassette player that could play it at the right appropriate speed. When you listened to the tape, all you heard was... For an hour. <laughs> I don't know what information I imparted to Isaac, but I want to apologize to the people at Burger King. <laughs> now... I, I've told that story for years. It's still, like, every once in a while, I'll, like, wake up and, like, I wonder where Isaac is. Because I don't know. But the story doesn't end, and in some ways, I am grateful. Because as it turns out, that day, Isaac left my classroom and went to his locker where he got a loaded handgun, and he went to Burger King, and he did not shoot and kill anybody, but he did threaten people with a weapon. And today, today... My high school was on secure perimeter because there was, a, there was a threat made on social media to the kids, including my daughter who's in the school right now. And I am furious that too often the stories of these kids are too easy to end. So here's to the story that kept going and to the kids that are today around. And let's make it harder to end these kinds of stories. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.